1: This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so excited to have Sarah and Matthew Bivens with me. And Sarah and Matthew have had um, their own her- home births and are now the hosts of Doing It at Home. It's a podcast that shares beautiful and powerful stories and conversations to normalize home birth. And I realized that in all of the episodes we've ever done, we've never done a home birth episode. I've interviewed um, home birth midwives, doulas, and we talk about home birth. I'm really excited to get um, nitty gritty about what actually a home birth is and how you go about deciding (laughs) if it's right for you and all the ins and outs. So thank you for joining me, Sarah and Matthew. I'm so excited. Uh, Thank you. We're excited. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So how did you, uh, how did you get started? How many children do you have? How many are home births? Just give us like this rundown of your background.
0: Yes. So we have one daughter. Her name is Maya and she's four years old. And so that's our only home birth to this date. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yet. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And so did you start out knowing that you wanted a home birth, or was it an accident, or how did it happen?
2: We definitely didn't start out planning a home birth. Definitely not. Both Sarah and I came from households where, you know, any any conversation around birth or any thoughts around birth was hospital. For sure. You go to For a sure. hospital, you know. My my dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse. So I'm just very used to hospitals and doing things that way. And it wasn't until after we got pregnant that the idea of home birth crept in for both of us.
1: And how did that come in? I mean, it's not something... That's yeah, it's getting more normalized, but it's still what one or two percent home births in the United States. Yes, around there.
0: Yeah, it is less <laughs> than two. So it wasn't until about 15 weeks, I would say, into the pregnancy that I started thinking differently about birth in general. And by that, I one resource really started tipping you know, my thoughts over the edge around it. And that was happy, healthy child. It was a holistic approach to birth and it was a DVD series. And in that I just saw birth depicted in a way that I'd never seen before, heard it talked about in ways I'd never heard it talked about before that it could be this transformative, empowering, beautiful, magical experience. And that it was an experience, right. And not necessarily, not always a medical condition to be controlled or, or manipulated. And in, in just looking at that and starting to feel differently about it, I started to think about for the first time, well, how do I actually want to feel in my birth? How do I want it to go? How do I want to experience it? And through that conversation started to kind of Put together this vision for it and things that I would ideally like to experience, one of which being moving about freely if I could, not being hooked up to any monitors. I knew I was very healthy, very low risk. And so, with that, you know, okay, well, here's some things we'd like to experience. Maybe water would be great. And, you know, when we first became pregnant, we went to our OBGYN, you know, the only person I had seen for annuals a couple (laughs) of times, you know, didn't have a real, uh, intense relationship established. And, you know, we started and established care there and it was like i said around 15 16 weeks we brought up hey these are some things we're thinking about for our birth are these things possible you know with your practice and in the hospital that we're on route for and a lot of those things were just getting checked off the list Um, meaning
2: he was saying no couldn't
0: yeah removed (laughs) from the list of possibility
2: yeah yeah i mean we put together like sarah mentioned like a list of intentions Mm -hmm. this is what we would like to have this is our vision and we just literally presented we i think we had it on our phone and we just went through it and said, "Can we do this here?" And he just said, "No, no, 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 no."
1: Yes, huh. and was it- that surprising to you? Uh, not incredibly.
2: Yeah, I guess not. Not super surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for us, we are very intentional people with with just about everything we do. So you know, there is forethought and and having a vision behind things, and so we understand that sometimes the pathway that we're on is not the pathway that'll help us get to that ultimate destination. So mm-hmm. when we presented those things to him, we were clear that that was going to be the way that our birth unfolded. Mm-hmm. And him saying no simply was him letting us know that this it wasn't going to be on this path. So I wouldn't say that we were su- surprised because it was like no this just won't be the path for us, meaning giving birth at this hospital won't be the path for us.
1: But it never so hurts to ask. And if he'd said yes, it would have been fine. And, and you didn't take it personally. Yep. you just like, oh, okay, no. All right, no problem. He has the exactly. right to practice the way he wants to practice. Exactly.
0: And I think it was that understanding and that maturity that we brought to the situation that allowed for that dialogue to take place and that he was open to the conversation and he appreciated us being very um, transparent with how we were feeling. And now, you know, our understanding and all the conversations we've had. The things we desired are
1: possible in hospital settings. Oh, they certainly sure. but are. Just, but yeah. it, it, he just did; it wasn't his style. And I'm glad to hear right. you didn't burn the office on your way out. So that's yeah. everybody's. No, there. no, it was
2: it was great. Yeah. I mean, we had we had um, an understanding of one another, mm-hmm. even though we just didn't agree. Yes.
1: yes. And
2: you know his philosophy. It just home birth wasn't part of what he. And he
1: was really he respectful did. to your yeah your research. Yeah, we were and cool. Everything. He very much was. Cool. And so we
2: left that appointment pretty clear that we were no longer going to go down that yeah. route. And then that opened us up to, okay, so what are, what are our options? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had been watching this this series. We have people in our friend groups and our circles who, who we could turn to to ask different questions and who then ultimately pointed us in the direction of some other resources. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was, uh, was it a doula. A
0: nurse midwife a nurse who midwife. worked in a hospital who then knew of midwives who did home births? Okay, so it was so through these kind girl. of degrees of separation. You know, had a conversation with the nurse midwife work, who worked out of a hospital, and then she said, "Well, I know this midwifery practice, and they do home births in your area. Why don't you have a conversation?" Yep. But even
2: before that, we were looking at a birth center mm-hmm. that was opening up in Atlanta. I I was not interested in home birth. Yeah, and so oh. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, didn't, okay. we didn't. Oh yeah, okay.
1: We'll get the. It's part of the journey, huh? Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we didn't just jump from. We saying didn't. no to hospital, That's- to jumping yes into home birth. It was like no hospital. So what else oh, is there? Yeah. And yeah. the next stepping stone for me was like hospital light, which was <laughs> a birth center. And so yeah. there was a new one opening in Atlanta and Sarah got in touch with them and mm-hmm. we had conversations and you know it seemed like a cool option for us. It was kind of like we get to be in a kind of relaxed environment. It's kind of like a home, but yeah. there's, there's professional the good- and people there and Yeah, it was like a nice middle ground. Yeah, nice medium.
1: I want to pick your brains for a little bit because um, the situation you guys are in is very abnormal in that both partners are 100% on the same page. So Now we are. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, okay. All right. So, maybe pretend Matthew's not here for a minute. Sarah? Was there any moment where you doubted like that your partner was going to go along with you, that, that you were realizing that your path was going to be a little bit non-traditional and you were wondering if he'd be okay with that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Going back, I think, I think ultimately because of how I understand Matthew and our relationship, if I was really set on home birth, I knew it would happen it's just kind of what would be the cost in terms of relationship. Yeah. You know, where, where might there be, you know, some edge in terms of how fully on board is he? Do I feel fully supported? Is there any kind of resentment that could crop up later? You know, I think at the time, if I could put myself back in that place, I didn't question if I wanted home birth, if it was ever possible. It's just kind of what would we have to get through to come to a, a place of resolution around it?
1: Okay, so now Matthew, let's pretend Sarah's not here. (laughs) Tell me about your thought process, like when she first brought the idea to you. So you'd been kind of like going in the middle there with the birth center, but what was what was your thought process the whole this whole time, and and how did you like? When did you have to pretend to be supportive, and when were you actually supportive? (laughs) So,
2: (laughs) so yeah, hospital was 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 most comfortable because that's what I'm used to. It's what you see on TV and movies. Birth center was a happy medium. Home birth, I didn't really know what it was. Um, I, had, I had never had any sort of uh, conversations about home birth, examples of home birth. In my mind, it was you know not people that I knew of, like giving birth to babies in fields and you know, stuff like that. I really had no idea. I was very ignorant. And so the idea of being totally removed from the uh, authority that at the time I felt was necessary for birth, that idea scared me. Mm-hmm. and I've, I shared that with Sarah, like, you know, I'm not super comfortable with this. Like, this is what's coming up for me. And at that point in time, Sarah was definitely more on board with home birth, and it didn't create a wedge between us. There wasn't, like, a rift or anything. It was just simply something that we were talking about because ultimately both of us are playing for a, a successful, amazing, peaceful, happy birth. And so we're both wanting the same thing, it was just, let's talk very honestly about what comes up along the way.
1: Yeah. So
2: I and, never felt and- we were on either sides of, of this conversation. Like she had to convince me or I had to convince her. It never felt that way.
1: So but you basically, you both put having an incredible birth together, an incredible experience together as the main priority and that the fears kind of take their place behind that main priority.
2: Yeah. I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we both wanted that experience and – I think that's what ultimately helped us arrive at home birth mm-hmm. because once each of us started to to learn a bit more about what went into a home birth, um, when we started talking to these midwives and having conversations and then watching things, videos and documentaries, we realized, oh, wow, the experience we want, we will, the pathway to that for us is home birth. And so the sequence was kind of, Sarah was, was almost a hundred percent on board. I was like
0: 20% on board. And
2: then once we started having those conversations and we did a little bit more research, especially for me, when I had a conversation with the midwife, I was like, Oh, done. We're absolutely. We're doing home birth. Yeah.
1: What were some of the things she said that you're like, Oh, set. yeah, done.
2: Uh, For me, the biggest fears were what if something goes wrong? Like what happens if it doesn't go according to plan? What do we do? And what helped alleviate that was just the, ex- the amount of experience that our midwives had was tremendous. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of births between them. And we were in their, their office and the walls are just lined with pictures of families and the stories of, and I thought they've seen it all. They've experienced yeah, everything. Yeah,
1: they've seen it all. And, and the know, cool thing, I just like put a plug in for home birth and, and just midwives in general, is they see a lot more than the OB does. Cause they're in the room longer. They're there throughout yeah. the process. They, they see like the, the whole climax of the story, the whole.
2: Yeah, All of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was like, they've seen it all. They're so, they're so experienced. They know what they're doing. Because again, in my mind, the authority that knew what they were doing was the doctor. Nobody else knows what they're doing in birth, except for doctors. That was what I, my thought was. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wait a minute, these women, they know what they're doing. So that was the first thing I could check off my box and make me feel better. The second thing was okay, well, what is the plan? Should things not go according to plan A? Mm-hmm. And once we came up with our contingency plans, done. I was like, okay, so cool. This is what we're doing. What were and- some
1: of the yeah, what were some of your boundaries, your contingencies? Like, like your oh no questions asked, we're transferring or no whatever. What were your lines?
0: That's a great question. We did know that if there came a point where I just desired a transfer which I can't, we came to understand collectively that the number one reason for transfer is non-emergency and that it's just sheer exhaustion. Mama needs to maybe get that epidural or whatever she needs to rest and then potentially still move through a vaginal birth if that's what she desires. Right. So once we were clear on that, if that was a possibility, we knew we had a backup OB, OB. Who we did have an appointment with and established rapport with, and he was in full support of home birth.
2: Very home birth friendly. And wow, so that was we, wonderful. This is the
1: first one you met with. This was someone else that just Somebody else. someone else. Yes. Me. Yep. Yes. It was and about,
2: 40, about 30 minutes away from us. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't the closest right. hospital to us, but he was so pro home birth. And his practice was all about yeah. supporting. Family home birth centered. Yeah. Yes
0: and that was option b so we knew that and then there is a hospital about 10 minutes away from us in the event of plan c uh you know a a more emergent sort of transfer whether that was hemorrhaging or anything else that we trusted our midwife would see coming or or be aware of or get you know get us to where we needed to be before it was an extreme emergency um so we knew that and as far as what would qualify transfer you know anything other than our midwife would be an observance of that we wouldn't probably know we were experiencing. Um, the, the exhaustion was is the main thing I understood was, was a yeah. possibility. And yeah, those, so it helped you to have the contingency plans.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I mean, once I was like, okay, cool. This is plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C. Awesome. I feel great. Let's rock wow. and roll. And, and so at that point I was hundred percent on board. I was like done.
1: Did you All have any friends gone. that had done this before that you could pick their brains? Zero.
2: Huh? We didn't. We knew nobody.
1: Pioneers, huh? So then, <laughs> when nobody. you told your friends, did you keep it quiet or did you tell your friends that you were planning this? Crazy we
0: shared. Thing? we We did with everyone and you know it's cool to see now on this other side and having hundreds of conversations with different families how there are so many ways you can go about it you know we know (laughs) some that go totally quiet don't say anything until the baby arrives or you know kind of give some fibs here and there as to what hospital oh this one over here central you know or just change the subject but we did share and overall i would say you know 85 90 percent was very cool. was very positive was very supportive was very you know understanding and you know there were there were a couple sprinkles of mostly on my side of the family um yeah i don't support this i can't support this <laughs> mm.
1: so
2: yeah and it was uh, yeah
1: how what did your parents think matthew so Supervised i thought my your... parents
2: were gonna have some feedback because again they're from, they're from <laughs> i the love the medical how you world. said
1: that some feedback. yeah uh-huh
2: <laughs> but they were cool they were like really? awesome. My mom wanted to be there. She ended up being mm-hmm. present for the birth. My dad was on board. I mean, you know, my parents have known me to do things my own way, which a lot of times isn't and They've
1: just accepted that <laughs>
2: and they're accepting and, and they're trusting.
1: Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm.
2: trusting that I, when I make a decision, I know I've done my research. I've had my conversations. I'm, I'm making this decision from a, a centered, peaceful space and yeah. they trust that. And so they were, they were on board. And then, uh, yeah, Sarah had a little bit different experience. I did. But Your you know, parents it's for
1: less, less
2: enthused?
0: Less, yes, for sure. Uh, my mom and one of my sisters, you know, just kind of gave the, the conversation coming from a concerned place, and yet it's a fear place. And that was, you know, I just, I can't support this. If you were born at home, you wouldn't have made it. Cause I had the umbilical cord around my neck and then to learn through, you know, evidence. And normal. statistics, normal. Yes. Yeah, that's very common. Yeah. So things like that. Um, you really don't know how it'll feel until you're, you're a certain point into it. And, you know, this is just very selfish. This isn't just about you. You know, you need to think about your baby. Um, those were the kinds of conversations and, you know, I, It was a great opportunity for, of course, me and then us together as a couple and as a family to feel empowered and affirmed in our choice, because like many choices in parenting and pregnancy and birth and and life, you know, there's going to be opposition or there's going to be people very close to you who love you, who won't agree. And if you're going to, you know, be beat down by that every single time it happens, then that's going to be a pretty... Um, unpleasant way to live. And as far as we've seen now being parents for four years, that birth conversation was the tip of the iceberg because then after that, you're going to make choices around your child's life that everyone is not going to agree with. So wow. it
1: was just a- are so spot on. And so this is not just a conversation you just get through. Some people say, I know I've had moms say, oh, I just didn't want to rock the boat. I just, I just, I just caved or whatever because I just didn't yeah. want to make my mom or my mother-in-law mad at me. But you're saying- oh my gosh, this is just the beginning. You know, then you have the vaccination, the circumcision, the the uh, mm-hmm. what do you think, organic or not, breastfeeding or bottle feeding. All, all, all of it. All of it. This is and there was crazy. so
2: much before. There was so much before. I mean, we're in an interracial relationship. Some mm-hmm. people don't dig that. <laughs> we choose to to move away from our family. Some people wouldn't dig that. Uh,
1: yep. we and and to... what's your timing? Are you financially secure enough to Absolutely. have a baby? All of it. Yeah. All of it. And yeah. so yeah.
2: It, it just it, – each one of those things gives you a chance to to stand by what you believe in yeah. and to to be convicted in what your oh, stance is and Word. your values. So, what are some and- of the
1: things you can say? So, for for beginning conviction one hundred and one. Yeah. If you feel like this is the first hard, crucial conversation you've ever had with your family, um, or even your partner, how? What are some of those things that you can say that even if you like? Because I know sometimes you can be. Um, you can be convinced that, that this is kind of what you think you want, but then trying to convince someone else, it makes you feel doubtful. But does that mean, Absolutely. you know, totally. So what are some of the things you could say whilst preserving your own confidence, your own feelings, but let the other person know they've overstepped a boundary that you're just now creating because you've never had boundaries before and now they're new. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I, I think one of the first things is you just gaining clarity for yourself.
1: Hmm.
2: What's important to you and why?
1: I love that. Because
2: when the person is giving you their opinion or their feedback, like I said, it's because they're sharing what's important to them and why. So if you aren't clear what's important to you and you aren't strong in your why, your reason behind it, then you can easily feel intimidated or dominated by a Mm -hmm. person who is very clear.
1: Oh, I love that. And then the other important point is that you don't have to convince that person to come to your side. It's not nope. your job. Not your yeah. job what is, what's a great statement to say, you know, we agree to disagree, but yeah. more mm-hmm. more diplomatic than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we because essentially we said with our OB. It was like, hey, listen, let's understand each other and we don't have to agree. Yeah. So let me understand your perspective. Oh, okay. This is your birthing philosophy. That's how you were trained. Got it. Here's our perspective. This is what we believe in. Here's Here's why our reasons. Got it. Well, listen, we understand each other. We don't agree, but I don't love you any less. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Love it. Perfect. Okay. So now on to your birth. Tell me about, you had all this planned. First of all, the fact you picked a home birth for your, for your first one. Yay. That's so fun. Because <laughs> yeah. Normally it's a <laughs> reactive response to something else or it's can a, be. Hey, I'd like, it can be, or it could be a, Hey, I'd like to try something new, but to have somebody pick home birth as their first birth, that's less, that's less normal, I think. So, um, uh, so you had all this preparation, but I mean, how can you be really prepared for something like that? Yeah. So what went, what went as planned, what you thought would that, that really met your expectations and what surprised you about the process, the birth itself, uh, uh-huh. labor and then the birth.
0: What showed up the way that I, we intended and I believed it would was our team. We had a really powerful birth team, and that consisted of a few more people than I would say the average birth, particularly the first birth, particularly the first home how birth.
1: How many midwives, doulas, photographers, videographers? How many did you have? All the roles. So we had our main <laughs> midwife and we had two
0: apprentices. So that's three right off the bat. And this is in our tiny, we'll call it a master bedroom, but it's okay. A, okay. okay.
1: She's air and air quotes. <laughs>
0: yes. And then Matthew's mother. And then two couples, two couple friends of ours. So man, woman, man, woman. So in total, oh all goodness. those bodies. So in, that's at least
1: eight. Sorry, yes, I lost, yeah. No, yeah, nine. That's and nine. then
0: plus a uh, lot of lot of souls in that yeah. room.
1: <laughs> wow, and you had friends, guy friends there. That surprised me too. You don't usually see that.
0: Yes. So uh, we, through conversations and some of the birth stories that I had read, listened to, watched, I heard this, this thing that can happen for the birth partner after the experience to be completely exhausted and, you know, rightfully so, but also they're not getting nature's flood of, of hormones
1: and oh, that cocktail I've to kind of support them. Uh-huh. So
0: I just thought about this man and I thought someone needs to make sure that he's drinking, that oh. he's eating. Like I want that. <laughs> so we had a daddy doula, one of our friends who he was actually born at home and he was very supportive of our choice. And he's a, he's a, a mentor and, and someone really close in our life. And I just thought he would be perfect. To oh my gosh. So his him.
1: job was to take care of Matthew. And he did. He cooked. Food I for love him. it.
2: What was cool is his, I feel like the big role that he played was uh, male energy support. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, I felt just, I had like another man, another king Mm -hmm. in the room with me and then. Oh
1: my goodness. Okay. I want to talk about that in a minute too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then the physical support was, was cool because I was spending so much time counter pressure for Sarah, like pressure on her hips, pressure on her back. And so, you know, we were the labor was about 12 hours long. And I needed a break every once in a while. So I would swap out and I'd go grab a bite to eat, or I'd go, you know, just take a quick break, and he would step in. And that was that was I think the one of the best parts for me just in the experience itself, because Hmm. you know, we would have, for example, Sarah would be in the birth tub and I would be applying pressure on one hip and our midwife would be applying pressure on the other hip. Mm -hmm. And then if it had been hours for me, and I just needed yeah. to just step away for five minutes, he would come in and whoop, just fill in that spot. So that that was really cool to to have that um, where I felt like I was able to support Sarah as best as I possibly could, and just get a quick little five yeah. minute. Break when I needed stop. to. Yeah. So well, yeah, we joke. Great. We
1: joke that it was. It was probably really hard for you, huh? You, your wife's labor is really hard <laughs> yes. for you. Like we joke, but really, honestly, I. Now that you say it, it's so true. I've seen, I've seen partners, dads just completely wiped out after the birth mm-hmm. process, and no one's feeding, spoon feeding yogurt into their mouths, and nobody's yeah. like they're expected <laughs> to, to do all this physical work alongside you, and then also take down the birth tub, and also enter the door for all the visitors, and also wrangle the younger ki- the older kids, and. Um, so the fact that you, okay I love it love it um, so tell me more about this this um, I want to explore this king energy that you said that was really fascinating because here's the thing is about birth is I feel like in a lot of ways women have been fighting for the right to have the feminine birth space reclaimed like midwives instead of OBs and doulas mm-hmm. and have this this central this feminine power going on and then you have you know, the dad. <laughs> and sometimes he's a little out of place, right? And we joke, oh, there's the, you know, the, the token testosterone in the room. But the more I realized about the feminine power is it's, it's, it's a yin and yang, right? Femin- yeah. Feminine masculine. So talk mm-hmm. more about this, this, what you felt. Okay, Sarah's making great faces. So tell me more about this zing that you felt with, by having that balance of power.
2: So for, for me, it was-
1: Balance of I, energy is not a power thing energy. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: You know, Sarah is very strong in her yin feminine goddess energy. She's very strong in, in her in her queenliness. And I support <laughs> that hundred percent in in everything. And I'm very strong in my masculine energy, very strong in that king energy. So at no point in our relationship or in the birth or in the actual bedroom where you know birth was happening did we feel that there was a need to sort of reclaim the feminine power. Anything right. like that. And I'm also very comfortable with a lot of women and, and being in that, that space. And so for me, you know, having another male present, it, it I appreciated like like I said, the the physical aspect of hey, I can come in and, and we can swap. But then there was also another father in the room mm-hmm. as I was becoming a father. Mm-hmm. And you know he's not my father and, and, and he doesn't fill a role of a father figure in my life. He's a mentor. And so I, I just felt connection with that, that male energy and, you know, to, to have that male energy in the room with me, the moment that I became a father, one of the, you know, the, the, the rites of passage or milestones for men, it was just, it was significant. And I remember, I'm fast forwarding a little bit but after Maya was born and she was healthy and beautiful and I felt like I could just relax a little bit and not be on right not be on in my role as a supporter and protector for Sarah I just hugged them and just started sobbing and mm. I don't know if that would have I would have had that same reaction if if the first person I hugged was one of the women in the room so I just I appreciate that male energy, I appreciate the female energy. And in that moment, in that space, um, that was something that I I very much was happy was there with me in the room.
1: I love that. Okay, so then it sounds like you have a very strong relationship anyway, but talk about how having, being able to really stand in your full strength energies together in that experience, strengthened your relationship.
0: Oh gosh. I- it has impacted our intimacy, our communication, our trust for one another, our, our acknowledgement and ownership of our creative powers. Like we, we work together, we parent together, we're married together. So all these creations, all these things that we build and manifest together, I felt like that was a very peak pinnacle moment and experience for that process for this dance that we're doing called life together. And, you know, we were very intensely in it together. You know, we talked about the exhaustion that can, that can occur with, with birth partners. And I, it was, I would totally get it for Matthew because he spelt behind me and, and supported me through every push through, through all of that. Mm-hmm. So every surge, everything that was flowing through me, it's like, it was cycling through both of us and he was withstanding and feeling, you know, the storm and each crash of the waves just as much as I was. And yeah. And to, to have the home birth and to then have it have fueled our business and now what we're doing now and continuing to it. create, it's it's been so much. I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm so grateful for the, the transformation and the the breakthrough around all of it and that we, we chose it. We intentionally created it, and you know everyone there in that room was intentionally chosen as well because we knew they were high energy, because we knew they could hold the space of the honoring of this birth process, yeah. and they had such reverence for it. And so I think that just like dialed everything up, and that birth for I mean so many things were birthed that day beyond Maya.
1: I love that um, that what you say could have happened also in a hospital wasn't that this was just a magic home birth. If you'd had a provider, if things had worked out, you could have had the same yin yang, amazing experience in a hospital as well. Do you think? I I believe so. I believe, you know, there's just more, it would have been different. Yeah. A little bit different. Different. So um, then, all right, you know, you guys have the ideal. I mean, this is what Pregnant women all over. it. If you're not in tears by the time you've gotten to this part in the episode, then we're not doing it right. But I just feel, I just feel so much, like thank you for explaining what it should feel like. This is Mm -hmm. this is like if you can, if you can achieve what Matthew and Sarah have, then I feel like that will do so much for your healing of past traumas, for your relationship Mm -hmm. going forward, and set you up for an incredible postpartum and parenting experience. Okay, you guys, you guys rocked it. Now, what would you say? Like to the women who are struggling with partner support, I mean, even down to mm-hmm. partner not even excited about being mm-hmm. pregnant or partner, partner actively working against for, you know, control or, or all of the terrible things that happen in relationships during pregnancy sometimes. What would you say to these women listening to the podcast or the men, mostly yeah. women, <laughs> um, what, what could they go to their partner with? How could they describe this experience that you've just said? In a way to help their partner see that this could be something, a relationship goal that they could work on. That I don't know. Does that make sense? What could you say? Yeah,
2: it does. And uh, one of the things that I've learned, and has has seen as well through our podcast, you know, we've done 300 something interviews with families. When the moms and families strengthen in their advocacy for themselves, things tend to flow and what i mean is their owning of their own voice owning of their own truth the the courage to speak their voice even in the face of somebody who might not agree with it or who might actively try to you know thwart their their plans we've heard so many different things in our in our show and that's one of the biggest i think um most powerful qualities that a person can develop and strengthen throughout pregnancy and birth is, is advocacy for yourself. And I go back to my earlier answer um, and a, a thing that helped us with our OB and that was clarity, like being mm. very clear for yourself. And if, if you are a, you know, a woman, a mother, a birthing person who doesn't feel supported by your partner and you're trying to figure out how to have that conversation, I think one of the first places to come to, to one of the first things to do is to really get clear within your heart for yourself what's important to you and why and that doesn't make the conversation you're about to have easier I think that it can it can help make you feel a little bit more courageous in speaking your voice I love it. and and being able to actually have a difficult conversation and I've got tons of compassion for anybody out there who feels something true in their heart and they're getting opposition from the person that is closest to them. Like that has to be
1: tough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I pray that they have other support that they can turn to friends, family, therapists, whatever, to just talk those things out and, and vent and release the frustration and process and, help formulate a plan because we're not meant to do these things, these things that, alone.
1: Exactly. And the thought that you have yeah. to do it alone, alone, that you're, you know, you fine, I'll just do it myself is a massive trauma response. Hmm. Yeah. And I just, I just hate to see women going in and going, well, I guess my partner, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he's still at the bar and I, and I go to, I just, I just hurt for her because there's two things going on. First, she's feeling abandoned, but then she's also responding to it with, that, well, I have to do everything alone. And I guess I'm the only one that's going to get the empowered experience. And it, it breaks my heart, mm-hmm. breaks my heart. So, um, okay. So back to my other question, I'm sorry, I got so sidetracked and all the goodness. Um, so what, <laughs> what went not according to plan? What surprised you about the process? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs>
0: this is a, a pattern that I've seen come up, and it's almost <laughs> like you could you could template this script. I feel like I've heard it so many times, and I experienced it myself. I envisioned or or imagined the possibility of moving around, dancing even, eating oh. and drinking. Going out to eat. Going for a walk in the neighborhood. <laughs> like you know, after bouncing, labor starts. Bounce, yes. Once we knew labor was going, bouncing on the yoga ball and none of that happened. But tell me none. about what actually happened. And didn't even touch the yoga ball. I just went straight to the tub, straight Wait. to our bathtub.
2: It's because labor kicked in at like 11 p.m.
0: Right. But just the like intensity the of it. So regardless of time, I still so there thought I would this, be
1: this fluffy yeah. romantic stuff in the beginning. There was none of that. Your body no. like, go well, big or go home. And we're going this, home right now. I mean so go. So we
2: we ended up creating a like very romantic, intimate setting, but it wasn't the way we thought it was right. going to be.
0: Yeah, it was just different. And you know, I just went straight to our bathtub and then once the birth pool got set up, I was straight into that <laughs> and I was just Inward, and I was intense, and I was focused, and I was pretty quiet. You know, some some vocalization bef- before the pushing, and it it just it was just inward and intense and wow. with myself. There was no like
1: that's frolicking about. Sometimes you never know how you're gonna behave in labor. Some women yeah. are super gregarious, like you're very very social, and then you're boom, focused. Yeah. yeah, head to Often. the head to yeah, and then some people. They are very determined, very, you know, and then they're like giggling and jo- joking until they go, mm, hold on. I think I need to push my baby out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. And it's so funny because we've heard all those. We've heard uh, yeah, and, all the
1: ends <laughs> of the spectrum.
2: And what, what I think was so beautiful about our, our birth, the way it unfolded was it was the end of a long day. We had just come from an incredible date. We went to a concert. We went out to eat. Mm-hmm. We get home. It's like, oh, wow. Labor is beginning. Yeah. And that was at like 11 p.m. 11 PM. <laughs> and so from 11 p.m. until about, what, 4, Four. a.m.? We were just by ourselves. We were. The candles were lit, soft music.
1: Wow, it was in like the dead of night. Go on a date and have a baby. That's so awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was just this incredibly peaceful, intimate time. Like it was dark. It was very like you know, it's like that primal space that 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 you know when animals go to birth, they go into like the dark little little caves. Mm -hmm. We created that, and it was just us. Like it was just us until we said, you know, I'm tracking contractions and like. Okay, we've crossed the threshold that our midwife said to call them. So let's give them a call, and then and then the cavalry arrives.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But
2: man, those those four or five hours. Your word choices
1: are the best. Calvary. (laughs) (laughs) caval, cavalry, cavalry. What did I say?
2: Cavalry, yeah.
1: No, I said it wrong. Yeah. It was
2: just. It was like. It was. Did you have your birth
1: catered? And uh, please tell me you have video. Do you have video of it?
0: We a have bit we have footage okay. we have some a few photos um one thing we would shift for <laughs> yeah. a second birth is a photographer a birth photographer we yes. knew nothing of that at the time and the whole podcast has opened our world to that yeah but, um, so we have like
2: cell phone photos and yeah videos, which, which are cool we have a lot of them it's yeah. still
0: great to relive and to have
2: there's nothing yeah. like instagram filter yeah
1: looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true awesome so um there was, there's no regrets in how things surprised you or they're like, Oh, next time I want to try this. Or do you feel like, do you feel like you were rat- Like, even though it wasn't the things that didn't go the, the way you thought were going to go, they went well anyway, that, that you have still arrived at what your original goal was.
0: 100%. And one thing that I was able to process, you know, in my own time and, and, and embrace and integrate into myself was I believe our births show up exactly the way we need them to in accordance with what we're calling into our lives and what we're working through or what, what things we're overcoming, what things we have to heal. Oh,
1: let's, let's go there for a minute. So if you have a really, <laughs> really hard birth, this isn't because the universe hates you or because you you manifested a really crappy birth. Talk to me no. about what that means.
0: No, I think it's just giving you the opportunity to move through something of your own creation. So similar to one of the birth affirmations that I connected with was, you know, my surges or my contractions are not more powerful than me or greater than me. They are me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a part of me. I've created these things. And so if that's the case, then it's not about anything battling with me or seeking to take me out or <gasps> overcome no me. enemy. Yeah, if this is of my creation, then I'm a powerful creator and I I can move through this and there's something for me to learn in this. So this isn't the universe or karma coming at me. This is just me having an experience with which there's something in here for me to squeeze the juice out of mm-hmm. and utilize for motherhood for my work, for my purpose in this world. And even if your birth goes none of the way you expected it to, and unfortunately, um, you know, my heartbreaks, the traumatic elements, again, that's not saying that that's the birth then that you wanted, you know, or you, you brought to yourself. It's just, that was an experience and it's giving you now an opportunity to look at that and to Move yeah. Through it.
1: And each birth is so different. You can have a really hard physical one one time and then the next one be relatively easy and then go back to the long and hard and it's yeah. it also has to be where you are in your life and where mm-hmm. you're right? I love that. I love every birth is not every everything is an opportunity to yeah. learn and grow and be your better self. Awesome. So um if you're on the fence um trying to figure out okay home birth birth center, hospital, what what are some of the things, what are some of the questions you could ask yourself and your providers that could help tip that so that you have more conviction in your choice?
0: That's great. So on the provider front, one thing early on that we heard somewhere in our conversations was just to ask your provider about their philosophy on birth and their main beliefs around birth and kind of get a feel for the space they hold around birth. Is it a medical um, condition to be managed? Is it an experience to, you know, hold space for and do as minimal as possible? You know, I think those are great questions to get in dialogue with your potential care providers around to see if that's gelling with you and if that's aligning with your core set of values and beliefs. And if what the picture they've painted, if that's a place you can see yourself inserted in to have this really big life experience. And so I think on a care provider front, that's something to look at. I think as far as yourself and knowing yourself, thinking about when you do have stressful, potentially stressful or trying situations, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, are you the kind that likes to have more management or like have the backups or have the professionals on standby, you know, or do you like to kind of go inward process yourself, you know, Uh, all of, all of those things I think are great to, to think about in knowing yourself. And then from there, where do you feel most comfortable geographically to have this kind of experience? And, you know, just some of the things I asked myself early on, you know, I knew I, I wanted to move freely. So like when you're thinking about the birth experience, where do you see yourself? Where do you see your partner? How do you want to feel? And, you know, setting aside what are those things? And then do a lot of those things align? And are they possible in home birth, a place that you might not have actually thought before, but huh, now that I think about it, I'm a great candidate for home birth based on these things. You know, that for someone who's on the fence, I think just, just seeing and affirming that it is an option for you. It is a possibility. Should you want that? Just the fact that you know, you have options is a power boost. So how and do you know then- if
1: you're a candidate? I mean, you're saying uh, a lot of times it's like, well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. If I don't have any strong feelings against the hospital, why would I want to pick a home birth? So what would – even that, like how how could you swing either way? That's a great point.
2: I, I think one of the best things that, that people can do, whether they're on the fence or even if they're just like, oh, whatever, go listen to some stories. Yeah, and, I love those experiences. And, and, and be exposed to alternatives, right? I, I think it. that was – like for me, I didn't know the questions to ask when all I was thinking was hospital. I didn't realize that, oh, there actually is something that is much more aligned with, with, with what I would like, but I had no idea. I was like, oh, well, the hospital seems totally fine. And there are people that the hospital is totally fine. That's awesome, rock on, do you. I love having a wealth of, of um, experiences to draw from. And if I don't have my own experience, I want to go listen to somebody else's. Love and it. so, you know, we watched birth videos. Mm-hmm. We we were looking at the documentaries. We didn't see any podcasts around home birth, which is why we created it. And I think that's a great place to go. Just, you know, make sure that the that the sources you're 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 seeking the information from, you know, understand where they're coming from. Maybe that they have an agenda one way or the other. You know, that's why we're always talking about just. We have an empowering honest and real stories on our podcast they don't always end up in the the peachy rosy but they're always honest and real and so i think if you are on that fence or if you're just wanting to even have a little bit of curiosity go listen to other people's stories go watch different depictions of birth because a lot of times we're conditioned by what we've been seeing and what we've been told over and over and over and over yeah. and over, and we don't even think outside the box because we don't even realize there is a box. But it's true. When when we you don't started, know what
1: you don't know. So
2: yeah, I mean, one of the things that I became so aware of after doing our podcast and having our home birth is almost every single depiction of birth that I see on TV and movies is disempowering, chaotic, yeah. screaming, like mm. you know, it seems like a like a like a frenzied, scary yep. experience from comedy movies, the TV shows, you know, it's just, that's kind of the conditioning that I was conditioned in, I'll speak for myself. And so when I saw my first home birth video, I was like, wait a minute, like, they're just chilling. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You see the (laughs) impact. I know we call it inception from the beginning with birth videos. We're getting steam. I started in 2011 doing birth videos and they were just making such a huge impact because what we say is you can't unsee an empowered birth. You can't unsee it. So whether it's hospital, home, birth center, you can't unsee it just like you can't unsee Hollywood. So then the key is um, to replace what you've seen by Hollywood and by, you know, I would not recommend going on YouTube. I'd say go to my website or go to birthcircle.com where things are. Okay. Um, but, but watch watch for every one dumb movie you saw, watch 10 Empowered births. Yeah. It will replace yeah. it your, will. your your um, almost like unconscious memory, right? I just know Absolutely. that it just made such a difference for me. I, I, my first home birth, nobody knew about it. I was kind of undercover. The second one, I was a little bit more emboldened because I was like, I could do this don't care who knows about it, but there weren't a lot of stories. There weren't a lot of films in 2011. And so I just didn't, um, I saw one, one and it, it made such an impact on my second home birth, such impact. So, okay. Last question. If you're in an area where home birth isn't the norm, if you are really, cause I live in an area, we are probably the reason that the statistics Statistics is even two percent in the United States. Just my nice. like little pocket with the home birth, everything. I, I very very rarely am in the hospital, home birth. But if you're in an area where it's it's really rare, or even in some cases, midwives, it's illegal for them to practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You really want a home birth. What are some of the things that you can do to prepare your space? Um, just how can you be a pioneer for yourself? Yeah.
0: That's a great, I mean, and depending on where you live, that's going to vary, right? That's what's so fascinating about it. Some of the things that I've seen and we've heard about, you know, is, is just taken to the Facebook groups in your area, taking to the, um, communities where, People might even just be aware of home birth, whether that's chiropractic communities or homeopathic doctors, holistic holistic approach to kind of anything. If you're able to find that in your area and, and putting feelers out there, you know, there are traditional midwives and and other things like that. We've also heard great examples where mom's families have struck up dual care, where they've been able to establish some care with the hospital if, you know, home birth is not as common in their area so that they do have that as a backup. whilst working with someone they've been able to find, you know, on the outskirts of their community. Some have been willing to travel, um, you know, and some have been willing to go to another state and maybe yeah, hang I out posted, there for a little bit.
1: I posted births here in, in
0: Utah. There
2: you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, where
0: you know, yep. you get to a certain point in the pregnancy and we're
1: off to wherever to go have our birth. So that, that's babycation yes oh, yeah. So. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> copyright that word yeah Yeah. I
2: think it's important you got to do what you know what helps put you in that peaceful space and you yeah. talked about how do you best prepare your space I think the first space to prepare is your internal space prepare that you know yeah, and then it. the external space that's you hear a lot about that like okay what what equipment do I need you know the things on the walls and the candles and music all important yet the internal space I think comes first and mm-hmm. you know to to just double down on what Sarah said about the Facebook groups. You know, that's one of the things that that is available to people now when you don't know anybody in your area, you can go online and connect with folks. And that's just one of the beautiful ways to use technology. And, you know, we have a Facebook group that is not location dependent. It's, it's everybody all over the world. And we see posts like that, like, hey, in my area, I don't know anybody. I'm struggling with XYZ. Can I get some support? And then you know, dozens of people jump yeah. in and give support.
1: Tons, tons of help. Yeah. It's, it's everybody wants to support. And when you get in the birth community, yep. everybody wants to help. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do. Okay. So thank you so much. Tell us how, all of the resources that people can use to connect with you.
0: Yes. So our website is where you can see most of what's happening with us, diahpodcast.com.
1: And Which stands for doing it at home. You know, I love it, it yes. at home which you know podcast.
2: that's what we did we did it at did home doing it at home. It that's, a, I mean, that's where it came from made the baby <laughs> at
1: home yeah yep yeah, yeah we the heard baby at home.
2: we heard people talking about like you know we did it at home or we're doing it at home I was like oh that's a perfect name for our podcast yeah. <laughs> doing it at home so yeah, yeah. our podcast a website
0: yeah website we're active on social media we have our private facebook group um for the community which is great a way to engage more and like we were just mentioning support each other what's the name of it it's the doing it at home birth group and our book is coming out shortly. So the doing it at home book, a guide, our guide to,
1: um, home birth. So very cool. Exciting. And this is yeah. the book is kind of like a, you synthesize the 300 home births you've heard about and kind of putting together a,
0: Yes. I would say it's a collection of all of the beautiful knowledge we've been able to acquire through those experiences. And then we also get into the fullness of our experience too, to kind of offer that up as an example for anything that resonates or anything you want to take from what we did, anything you might want to do different, the total opposite of what we did. You know, we offer ourselves up as guinea pigs in that sense that, you know, you can take from it, it, whatever.
2: (laughs) It's important to mention that Sarah and I, we're both balanced lifestyle coaches. And we have been coaching and for people for many years. And we've been in coaching and mentorship circles ourselves. And so a lot of that comes out in the book as well. Yeah. So we're not just talking about, you know, adopt an empowered mindset. We'll actually dig into how you can I do that. Love it. Because how, that's what how, we, how. Because
1: so many people just talk, you know, there's all these empowering memes and these lovely inspirational quotes. But how do you actually get to the nitty-gritty of these mindset changes and these, and you go over that in your book.
2: We go over in the book. Yep. You know, one, one thing is like you got to be able to look at the stuff that is in there already, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's being able to allow that stuff to come to the surface. So face some of those thoughts and those beliefs that you have. Perfect. Do they serve you? Are they loving thoughts? Are they healing? Are they abundant? Are they fearful? Are they scarcity? Are they, you know, all of those, you got to be able to look at it to see what is and then go about addressing them. And Stuff like that is Sarah's done such a fantastic job breaking it down in the book because I wrote about this much of the book, like that much, and <laughs> little, tiny, tiny
1: <it's> little <laughs>
2: little tiny little paragraph. But
1: this much emotional support. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so big. <laughs> uh, so, Got yeah. it.
1: Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you.
1: Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.